Ashley Brock reading Diane Palmer's book Lawless Chapter 7. Okay, well, I'm a place. Okay. Shit! Sorry about that. Shit. Okay. Ashley Brock reading Diane Palmer's book Lawless Chapter 7. By the time Chrissy got home, unsaddled her mount, and gave the rifle back to the cowboy she borrowed it from, Judd and Tippy were gone. Maudie was in the kitchen, muttering about the clutter of equipment she was having to work around. She turned around from the sink when Chrissy walked in. Hiding out, were you? I wish you'd have the kindness to take me with you, instead of leaving me here. Was it bad? Bad. The old woman put a dirty pen in the dishwasher. She ran you down like a runaway tanker. She got Judd convinced that you're pouting because he's paying her a lot of attention. She thinks you're totally immature. I think she's a pain in the butt. Chrissy said Corley, tossing her hat aside before she sprawled on a chair at the kitchen table. He bought her an emerald ring from the look of it. It had several diamonds in it, too. He bought her it for her? With what? She explained. He doesn't have that kind of money. He probably bought it out of his savings, she said miserably. And what could I say, even if I knew for sure? It isn't fair that he has to spend every penny he makes to keep this place going. Oh, baby. I'm sorry I saw the ring, but I had no idea. Are you sure he bought it for her? She said he did. I'm not about to ask him. That's what you mean. I'm already in his bad book because I wanted cash to teach me how to shoot a pistol. She said. He doesn't like cash. He says there are things in Cash's past that he can't tell me. She agreed. But I'm not planning to marry him. He's my friend. I think he'd like to be more. Chrissy smiled. I'm married. Not that it matters to anybody else. Monty grimaced and started the dishwasher. and made her pleasant churning sound in the silence of the kitchen. She doesn't know that. What difference would it make if she did? Chrissy asked philosophically. Women like her don't recognize obstacles. She had, she can have any man she likes. She told me so herself. Shadow with a wicked smile. Not cash cryer, body counter. Chrissy laughed, but not wholeheartedly. At least one man isn't taken in by that poisonous smile. Marty looked at the younger woman warmly. Men will be will always look at something beautiful, but how many men would want to marry a face that every other man covets? How could he be sure that she's been faithful to him? If she loved him, she might. Mario, she loves babbles, and she can't get past her own assets to notice anybody else's. You watch her. Chad firmly. She'll cut you out with Judd any way she can, and she's vindictive. Judd doesn't want me to be in with. Chrissy said on a sign. He never did. She discounted the long, lingering kiss. It had been, after all, only a point of comparison for her. It wasn't as if he followed it up. Then she remembered the strange, quick kiss in the SUV when he brought her home from lunch in town with cash. She didn't understand it, but then Judd wasn't himself lately. Where did you go this afternoon? To see my dead young heifer, bull. I'm pretty sure he was poisoned like our young sailors, bull. The fence was cut just like the other two. And you haven't sold Judd? Maudie explained. You know, you'd think I was making it up. Chrissy said, Tippy Moore would help him think it was just another plea for attention. Not if Nick backed you up. He'd say I put Nick up to it. No, I have to have proof this time. Maudie better lower lip. Child, this is getting very dangerous. Shouldn't be riding out alone, even with a gun. You and Nick? Chrissy explained nearly. We're both right, and you know it. She explained. I'll tell Cash Grier, she said finally. He's the one person who'll believe me without reservation. Maudie has Judd owes half owns half the ranch. I know that, Maudie, she replied. This is just a dead bull. He's investigating a murdered pregnant woman, and it's hard for him. 
It would be for a minister's son, Monty agreed. He was a sensitive boy. He learned how to hide all that sense he grew up. But if he's there, if it's there just the same, maybe the motto keeps his mind off the ugliness he has to see. Maybe she does, Christy said non-communical. Could you feed me something? She added with me. I didn't eat, get breakfast. <laughs> of course I can. What do you want? Soup? <laughs> I'll get a jar out of that canned beef soup I made last summer out of the pantry and make you some cornbread to go with it. Monty said, smiling. Christy suddenly leaned back in her chair. Comfort food? <laughs> she mumbled to herself and then laughed at her own whimsy. Before Judd got back to the ranch to question Christy about why she was avoiding him, Leo Hart phoned her with some information about the herd sire of her sailor's boy. He told her that the man from Victoria who bred him, Jack Hanley, had fired the Clark boys and lost his prized sailor's bull and all four young bulls he'd had sired to mysterious causes. When he heard about Christina's bell bull dying, he had one of his dead bulls autopsied and poison was found. Checked and found a pattern of cattle theft in retribution with the Clarks that went back two years. At least four employees Employers had talked to simpler problems with them. The Clark brothers were suspects in the death of Hardley's bull, but they had alibis. John had been in Jacobsville visiting his brother, and they had a witness, a man named Gold. God. He swore they were with him at a rodeo during the time of the poisoning. In fact, Gold worked for Harden. Hanley had a reputation as a hard worker who never made trouble. She told Cash about it on one of the fishing afternoons in the pay and fish trout pond outside town. It was a hobby they both shared and good eating when they caught an anything the pond stayed open until the end of october which it almost was. The afternoons were cool and sunny and please pleasant this time of year. Leo said he tried to tell Judd about it, but he was in a hurry and didn't have time to listen. She said as they sat with their feeling, feet dangling from the dock and watching their corks float. He glanced at her straight in his line. Have you had any more trouble? She shook her head. I know the clocks are guilty. I just wish I could prove it. We had a tip about a black pickup truck with a red stripe on one like Hob Downey saw parked near your fence in connection with the murder in Victoria. Well, we checked every ranch in Jacobsville, and we didn't find a single one that matched it. If it was the Clarks, maybe they ditched it after Downey saw it. The vet had confirmed that poison had been used on her Hefford bull, because she had told Cash, but she still hadn't told Judd. Searched her eyes for a long time and looked back to her like, If they did poison your livestock, we'll catch them sooner or later. We ought to ask Cobb if he'd seen that black pickup truck anywhere since then, she commented. He might have remembered something more, too. Have you talked to him about the latest bull that was poisoned? No, she found The heifer bull wasn't kept in a pasture near his place. He couldn't have seen anything. Suppose we stop by there on the way back to the ranch and talk to him anyway. She's mom. If we catch two more fish, we can share with him. He does love a nice pan of trout. He and my dad used to fish together. You don't talk about your father much. She's <clears throat> doing a long breath. When he was sober, he was a wonderful man. But the scars are deep, physically, as well as emotionally. It hurts to remember sometimes. He only nodded, but his face was expressive. Half an hour later, they packed up their six fish in an ice-filled chest and drove down the highway to Hob Downing's little cabin. His old beat-up truck was still parked where it had been the day Chrissy had hidden, ridden up to talk to him, she frowned. He usually drove into town to get groceries at least once a week. Odd that he'd have parked in the exactly the same spot. Either that or the truck hadn't been moved. And suddenly, something else was odd. The front door was closed, but the screen door was standing ajar. Hob always kept it closed so that he could open the wooden door without having one of his cars cats rush out by. 
That's strange, she murmured as they got out of here. He never leaves the screen door open like that. Before she finished the sentence, Cash, who was several feet in front of her, tried the tried the wooden door, found it unlocked, and opened it. He stopped abruptly and his whole body stiffened. What's wrong, she I think you better wait here. She scuffed I'm no Lily, she murmured, followed right behind him to open the door. There was a smell, a very sickening sweet smell. Chrissy had never smelled it before, and she gave it only a passing thought as she went into the living room where Cash was standing. The sight that met her eyes was so horrible that she gagged. She turned and ran back onto the porch and lost her breakfast and her lunch, hanging over the porch railing like a limp rag, while tears of shock and outrage and grief poured down her white face. Absolutely Absently, she heard Cash calling for an ambulance to the corner and a crime scene technician from the deputy of police safety. She also heard him call to the Texas Ranger Station in Victoria, temporarily located in the sheriff's office there. Cash got her off the porch into his truck. He opened the passenger door and seated her on the running board. Seconds later, he handed her a silver plate. Don't smell it. Don't think about it. Just drink it. He said firmly, holding it to her mouth. She took a long swallow, choked, and cried some more. Cash drew her head to his chest and held it there, soothing her hair uttering words she didn't really hear. The ambulance came, followed by a sheriff's de deputy. The coroner arrived five minutes later. Yellow police tape was stretched all around the front here in, in the house. What are they doing that? Why are they doing that? Chrissy asked Because until they can perform an autopsy, any suspicious death is open for classification. He said quietly, he might have had a heart attack or a stroke, but it could just as easily have been a homicide. There was a crowbar next to the body, and the high bone in the throat was broken. He added professionally. They'll go over the house with fingerprint tape and document every single clue they can collect. Right down to fingerprints, footprints, trace evidence on his clothing. She gave him. Who'd want to kill poor old Hop? She explained when he held his, her hand in his. He saw a pickup truck and see suspicious men at your fence. He reminded her. Oh, for heaven's sakes. It was only a cut fence. They didn't even steal anything. She's like, nobody can prove who it was. Even then, it's not murder or anything. He didn't say anything. His eyes were narrow. In on the house where all the activity was located. After many he left her and went to talk to the medical examiner. A while later, Judd arrived in his SUV along with the crime scene technicians in the van. Cash went to meet him. Judd glanced toward the truck where Christina Bell was sitting and hesitated. Cash motioned him onto the porch. They went into the house with the other law enforcement and medical people. And it was several minutes before they came back out. Christina Bell had taken three large gulps of brandy from Cash's flask. It had steadied her, but she didn't think she could ever close her eyes again without seeing what was left of poor old Hob Downing. He'd obviously been dead some time, considering the condition of the body. She barely recognized him now. Christina Bell. She heard Judd's deep voice as through a fog. He turned her white face up to his concern. Shock. Shock, he told Cash. She's never seen anything like this. I'm going to run her to the hospital and have the resident check her out. You are not, she said. I'm all right. Judd actually wants. That isn't a sight you should have ever been exposed to, said Arsley and glared at Cash. He tried to stop me. She defended the only way. I wouldn't listen. She got to her feet a little unsteadily and handed Cash the flash. She took a while in breath. What's in that? Judd asked Cash in the game of flash. Orange Joe, she told Judd firmly. It can't be brandy because I'm underage and Cash wouldn't break the law on my account. Judd knew Cash had. The circumstances were extreme and it was no time to split hairs. All right. Cash, drive her home. I can't leave until the guys from the state crime lab finish. It looked as if it was killing him that he had to let her go with Cash. Christina burst out. 
It's a homicide, isn't it? She asked an usher. You think somebody killed him? His eyes. I'm having all the angles checked. He exchanged a look down. Long look with Cash. Once evidence is lost, it can't ever be regained. Get her out of here, Cash. She started arguing. Cash hesitated. Judge walked right around. Cash picked her up gently and put her back into the pickup truck, strapping her in. She could feel the heat from his body at the proximity. She felt safe. She wanted to climb under his arms and hold on tight. Then she remembered the ring he'd given Tippy. He'd never given her anything so personal. He never would. Her style was audible. Saw that expression on her face. Frowned curiously. Big hands held her arms. You stayed with Marty. So I get there, baby. He said that tone so tender it made her want to cry. Don't leave the house and try to not to think about what you've seen. She felt the pain all the way to her. So you have to look at things like that all the time, don't you? She asked. He nodded slowly. Her hand went to his hard mouth and pressed her hand. I'm so sorry. She whispered. Her voice broke. And she bit her lower lip to steady herself. His chest was full. So am I. He pulled the palm of her hand to his mouth and kissed her hungrily. I'd have cut off my arm to give you from having seen that. He cried out. It's all right, she said huskily, Mom. I can handle it. Just go out there and get the guy who did it, okay? He took a deep breath. She had grit, and he smiled. You're one tough customer, Christina Bell Gaines. He murmured. Okay, Tiger, I'll catch his perp. You go home. She grinned, despite her pallor. Okay, boss. He smiled grimly. I'll see you later. He turned without another word and went back up onto the porch of the house. Cash climbed in beside her and buckled his own seatbelt. Quick glance at her. Your game, Christy Gaines, he said with pride. Most other women would have screamed or fainted. You just threw up. She managed to warn him. I bet you never have. You lose. He started the engine and pulled out into the road. First homicide I worked as a rookie cop was in a locked house in the summer. There were three victims, a double homicide and a suicide, and the victims had been in there for a week. I actually passed out. He came in a affectionate grin. You can't imagine what it was like to have to go to work the next day. I can, too. Learned from Judd that cops have really quirky senses of humor on the job. He laughed. They do. I found a dead squirrel in my locker, a dead squirrel in my show car's truck, a dead squirrel hanging from my apartment doorknob when I got home. Needless to say, I never let them see weakness again. Neither will I. She replied firmly. Her arms around her First time is always the hardest, isn't it? Isn't it? With anything. Yes, he glanced at her. But you can live with it. You can live with a lot. It's just getting used to it. She leaned her head back in the seat. You think Hobb was killed, don't you, Cash? He was quiet. I don't think anything right now. Like Judd said, we want to go. We want to do a thorough job of investigating just in case. But for the time being, you don't go riding fence alone even if you do carry a gun alone. Along. She nodded. She didn't meet his eyes. Judd would have made her promise. Cash didn't know her very well. Feeling better, he asked. Yes. I was thinking about medical examiners, she lied. Judd's best friend, Mac Brandon, is always joking about one of the medical examiner's assistants up in San Antonio, a crime scene technician named Alice Jones, who was a rather quirky sense of humor. <laughs> Dear old Jabberman the liver, Alice. <laughs> Cash juggle. Everybody knows her. She's a local legend. How do you look at things like that day after day, year after year, she wanted to know. It goes with the job description. You try to think about the victim, not about how you react to, lo to looking at him or her. You think about finding the perpetrator and putting him away so that he can't do it again. If you're lucky, you don't have to see things like that too often. 
he sighed. But some guys can't handle it, especially the ones who are the most affected and refuse to admit that it bothers them. They think they should be above squeamishes over anything connected to the job. Officers like that and officers who are involved in fatal shootings sometimes just can't deal with it. A lot of them quit the job afterward. A few others become alcoholics or suicides. She nodded. Judd had told her all that, too. She said, up again. You don't drink. He shrugged occasionally, never enough to lose control. Neither does Judd, he smiled. So Judd's one of those hard cases who can't admit witness. He never killed a man. In fact, I don't think he's ever had to shoot anybody. He shot a man in the lake who was trying to knife another officer when he was on the Jacobsville Police Force. That man lived and didn't even live afterward. Lucky Judd. She studied the hard face across from him. You've killed men. His whole body stiffened. He didn't look at her. She wanted to say something else, something comforting, but he looked like stone. She moved restlessly, embarrassed at having said something so blankly personal. Her eyes turned to the landscape person. Hop doesn't have any family. The county will take care of the funeral expenses, I'm sure. He said after a minute. He'll get a decent burial, at least. Poor old man. He didn't have anything much. Do you really think somebody would kill him just because he saw them cut a fence? I don't know, but no matter what, at least he did die. He died quick. He didn't linger. She said, I hope so. I really do. Judd stopped by the house on his way back to Victoria. Christina Bell was in the kitchen with Monty, smiling and helping with bread and, and pie making. I'm fine, she assured him. No need to worry about me. He hesitated. Black eyes in her normal face. She still little Bell. When did you last see Hob? About a week ago, she said. Then remember why she couldn't sell it. What was discussed on Armstrong porch? Was he well? Just like always, she said, glaring at Marty, who was about to say something. I even told Marty that he looked better than ever, didn't I, Marty? The other importantly, Marty promised. Yes, you did. Poor old fella. He was a kind soul. If you're okay, I'll get back to work, he told Christian. He's still a little shaken. She managed to mouth him. That would shake anybody. Probably so. Stay close to the house for a let Nick and the boys do the outriding. Whatever you say, Judd. She agreed pleasantly and gave her a long stare. I mean it. His eyes never thought. Promise me. He had a deliberately. Stop for a minute. I promise. I'll stay close to the house. <laughs> All right. He gave her a last look, nodded to Marty, and went out the back door. Liar! Marty grumbled at her. Some of the fence lines are close to the house, she replied. Besides, I'll have to help Nick and the boys check for other breaks. We're short-handed since Larry quit and Bobby went back to school part-time. I'll tell Cash, she promised. If Judd finds out, Marty grinned. Two days later, Chrissy rode to the pasture where they put one of four remaining young heifer bulls. They split them up, hoping it would deter any more poisoning. She carried... A borrowed rifle again and Cash's cell phone and a holder on her belt. He made her take it and told Nick to stay close to her around the ranch. Nick couldn't do any more with her than Cash did. This time she almost paid the price. Just as she rode past a huge oak tree near the fence, a man stepped out into her path. She had good reaction speeds. By the time he was positioned, she had the rifle out of the sheets and cocked. She didn't point it at him, but it lay across her blue jean glad legs, and her eyes told him that she'd shoot, give the least provocation. You gonna shoot me, boss lady? Jack Clark John. Eyes narrow as he stared up at her from the dirt path. The second you make a move toward me, she nodded and she didn't blink. I saw you coming this way from the road, he said, nodding toward the highway, which was only a few feet, a few hundred feet away. I want you to stop spreading rumors about me in Jacobsville, he had in a cold one. I didn't steal anything from you. I bought a pair of boots because I tore one out of mine when I was hanging with the old tractor you used. You owe me those boots. 
And if you come to us and ask, we would have replaced them, replied Villain, scared and sick, but, but determined not to let it show. Her hand tightened on the rifle. You didn't. You bought the most expensive pair you could find and found and had them charged to the ranch. No cost of fireman without giving him a hearing. He was giving her a look that chilled her blood. It was the same look he'd given her when he'd worked briefly for her and shut until he was let go in early September. He liked women, but none of them would give him the time of day. He had bad teeth and an ugly attitude, not to mention a vulgar way of talking to women. He was a homely man with sharp features and thinning hair, lean and bean-looking. His clothes were almost rumpled, and his hair looked as if it was never washed. He was the most repulsive man she'd ever seen. He was wearing a... A flannel shirt and pruded shades of black and green and yellow that looked almost as repulsive as he did. You had your say, she said flatly. She shifted the gun, pressed his cash's pre-key number into the cell, and started down at it with coke and deliberation. You're trespassing. I want you off my land. Now, I've just put the assistant police chief's number into my phone. I only have to press a button, and he'll know where I am and why I called. He hesitated, measuring the distance between them. Even if she could send that number, a response wouldn't come at once. His sides, his fish clenched, and he began to smile, speculative. He'd so go quick, set forward. In that split second, Chrissy had the rifle shouldered and was looking down at the bear. Safety's off, she said calmly. You'll move. He stopped short when she put the rifle up. Now he hesitated again, as if measured the distance a second time and weighing how quickly she could fire. But one look at her eyes told him what she'd do if he moved again. He's threatening sanction. No call to try and shoot a man for asking a civil questions. He said angrily, My arm's getting tired, she said pointedly. He cursed, a sharp, vulgar word that was accomplished by company by the most disgusting leer she ever seen. It wouldn't be worth it at that. You're more boy than girl, even if you are blonde. I'd rather have something pretty. You'd be lucky, she muttered. I had me a pretty blonde woman once. He shot back and then flushed. He turned on his heel and stopped back through the wooded area toward the highway. You'll pay, you little bitch. He yelled back at her. You'll pay good. I'll make you sorry you ever opened your mouth. Her hands were shaking as she put the safety on the rifle. She heard an engine revved up and she caught a glimpse of a battered old tan pickup truck. As Clark drove past the path, she was riding, laying down on his horn belligerently as he sped away. Definitely not a black truck with a red stripe. Either, she noted. She let out the breast she'd been holding. She put the rifle away and rode quickly back to the house. She wasn't surprised to find her heart beating in her throat like a drum. She wanted to ask Maudie for advice. It had been a scary few minutes, and she wasn't sure what to do next. But Maudie wasn't home when she got there. She made herself a cup of coffee and decided this time she couldn't handle things alone. She unfastened Cash's cell phone from her belt. She pressed in the number of Cash's office. When it didn't ring, realized that she forgot to push the sit button. She pressed it angrily and waited for someone to answer. Cash picked it up and so cash could you come out here for a few minutes she asked in a ghostly tone are you all right he asked someone yes jack clark was here i had to threaten to shoot him there was a hesitation i know he said after a minute he's in my office filing a complaint he says you pulled a gun on him without no provocation he wants you arrested end of chapter seven